Pushkin. I've interviewed many successful people over the years, and one thing I find fascinating is many of them don't consider themselves business savvy. Take the owners of Tight Knit Brewing. They turn to Chase for Business for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards and do all of it in one place with the Chase mobile app. And that's helped these brew-loving friends turn a passion into a business. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. Tractor Supply trusts 5G solutions from T-Mobile. Together, they're connecting over 2,200 stores with 5G business internet and powering AI so team members can match shoppers with the products they need faster. This is enriching customer experience. This is Tractor Supply with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Last spring, my friend Stephanie and I had a chance to travel to Rome as part of her research trip. And as usual when I travel, we stayed at an amazing Airbnb. It was the perfect spot to check out the sights and just relax. But what was happening to my house while I was away? Did you know that while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb? Most people don't think about their space as an Airbnb, but hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey everyone, welcome to Talk Easy, a weekly podcast of intimate interviews with the people shaping our culture today. I'm Sam Fragoso. Thank you for tuning in to episode 18. This week on the show, we have the wonderful comedian and songstress, Kate Micucci. Born in Jersey City, Micucci is one half of Garfunkel and Oates, a comedic songwriting duo she formed in 2007 with fellow performer and best friend, Ricky Lindholm. Together, they pen uproarious songs about everything from sexual experiences in your freshman year of college to legalized marijuana to, well, have a listen. Pat Robertson once said, it's a long downward slide that will lead to legalizing sex with ducks if two men can stand side by side. God, I hope he's right. Cause if gay marriage becomes lawful I'm gonna find myself a duck And legally do something awful Awful, awful Ducks, sex with ducks We'll do it in the rain Ducks, yeah ducks Got those web feet on my brain We'll find a pond, we'll find a puddle Put your beak in mine and we'll cuddle it's a feeling I can't name When sex with ducks and gay marriage are one and the same What originally started as an accidentally popular YouTube channel has now turned into over four albums, countless tours, and the television show, which aired on IFC in 2014. Aside from music, Makuchi has appeared in countless hit programs like Raising Hope, How I Met Your Mother, and The Big Bang Theory. 
Her most impressive acting work to date, though, is in Mike Birbiglia's Don't Think Twice, a love letter to the art of improv comedy. In the film, Micucci plays an ambitious improver trying to make a career out of comedy in New York City. It's a subtle, clever, and heartwarming performance. In fact, Micucci tends to come off like that when you see her on screen. She's easily identifiable, uniquely talented and original in more ways than one. A conversation with Micucci is, as you probably can suspect, a total delight. She's a light-hearted and joyous person. Even in the middle of our talk, I found her optimism to be infectious. We discussed a fair bit, too, including her creative partnership with Ricky, her dedication to having many different jobs, the difficulty of romance when you're constantly away from home, and so much more. But first, I needed to find out how exactly someone could be, well, at least seemingly as happy as she is. So, finally, here is Kate Micucci. Can we start with the fact that I'm constantly impressed by how positive you are? Like, <laughs> all, like always so positive. And I, I, I mean that in complete sincerity. That is very nice of you to say. Thank you. What if like I just threw a tantrum and it was like, really? And it, <laughs> that would be great for the podcast. It really People would. People would love that. I don't know if I would know how. Actually, no. I used to have tantrums when I was younger. I, I really had a temper when I was a kid. Um, I would like throw furniture. and um, Just because of... You were just angry and you were five? I, no, and I was older than five. Like, it was like high school and college. Um, it was always toward myself. Like, I, it wasn't at anyone. It was at me for messing up. So it was like that perfectionist thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, oh, yeah, mostly with piano because I competed with piano um, until I was 18 playing classical music. And that was really intense. And well, You're big on competition. Right? I and, love contests. Yes, I know. I I I've, I've did some research. Oh, on, really? Yeah, and I'm and I noticed there's a there's a streak with you that you really like to compete, even I, though you're making art. There's like a, definitely a streak inside of you that loves to compete. I don't know where that comes from. I, mean, I don't. We gotta I, figure that out. Yeah, what, like what? I, I maybe it's just I don't know. I I was just born with that. I I really. Uh, Do you have any siblings? I have one brother. Yeah. And he's out here, and uh, he lives in L.A., and he, he's a woodworker. He makes beautiful skateboards and furniture right. and really cool stuff. He does Nick Offerman's yeah. thing, right? he works at yeah, Nick yeah, Offerman's yeah. wood shop. And, uh, yeah, he's he's awesome. His name is Matt, and, um, yeah, he just started boxing. But you two, were you two competitive as kids? Um, You know, just I think the normal brother-sister, you know, like I right. remember fighting over like – What was the know, age difference? Just We're two years apart, so oh, I'm okay. two years older. You know, it was the normal brother-sister stuff. We didn't really have any – we're really close. We're we're still really close today. So um, I think once we hit high school, we stopped fighting. You know, but up until then, it's like you know, fighting over the kitchen. You know, I mean the you know the bathroom sink. Like right. who, who needs to brush their teeth or like that kind of stuff. Yeah, small like stuff. stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah. But it's been throughout your career. It seems like you've wanted to compete. And this movie, like, uh, it's very much about jealousy and envy and competition, right? For sure. I mean, there's definitely it's uh, it is about. You know, trying to everyone having the same goal, and and then one person getting that goal, and how does everyone else react and feel about it? But um, that's always the hardest thing for me. When I like a friend of mine that's doing the same work does well, and I I I do feel I'm happy for them. Mm-hmm. But I think the movie really captures the two sides of that of like complete overjoyed, like being you know completely elated and happy, and then. 
being like, well, it's not me. Yeah, and and that can sting, or you, you can go, why, why, why not me? Or, but I've always thought about the the one thing I've always reminded myself if ever I did feel that way was like no one can do the thing you're gonna do you know I, like I'm the only person that can do the thing that I'm gonna do you know and mm. you're the only person that can do what you do and so like you just do your thing and you stay in your lane because it's not gonna be that the same as the next person and um, see that's a very logical approach I appreciate oh that. yeah well cool thanks I it's funny because I had a, a driver's ed teacher who would always say stay in your lane stay in your lane and I still think I always hear Mr. Yanniger's voice, just stay in your lane. Because, yeah, you're the only person that's going to do that. I, I remember when I first was really getting into pursuing acting, I interned at a casting office for the like for pilot season. So right. they were casting one show, and I was my job was to like sort through headshots. And, you know, it was before everything was still online. So I remember sifting through I don't know how many thousands of headshots. And realizing, well, there's no one that looks like me. So, like, that, I felt so hopeful within me sitting on the floor shuffling mm. headshots around and going, oh, I, I, it made me feel more hopeful for, for pursuing acting. Cause, yeah, like, no one else is gonna do the thing you can do. It's easy, it seems, to get discouraged in this industry, right? Yeah, I mean, there's all, it's hard. But like, you've remained pretty, I feel like, headstrong in all of this. I feel like I have a pretty positive outlook on things. I, I don't know that it's, yeah, I mean, that's not, it's not like my, my intention. It's not like, oh, I have to look at it this way. I think it's just how I see things. And then there are definitely days where I'm really bummed or weeks, you know, like I've had times, I remember one time I was just, you know, when you just haven't quite figured out how, to work well like i i was basically doing pilots or pilot season and auditioning right. like crazy running around i remember i had my sh- my show that night i used to do a show called playing with Makuchi at the steve allen theater and it was like songs and puppets and stories and um great title I, by the way yeah thank you yeah that was a it has a nice ring to it um <laughs> and so i remember i was out all day and i had my car packed it looked like it, you know i was like the beverly hillbillies because i had all my props i had a giant bass drum i had all my puppets and i went to these auditions and i was that alone is really mentally exhausting and then i went up on stage that night and I just had a terrible show, just bombed hard and um, or like couldn't remember lyrics and just it was a rough show. And I looking back, I would have been like, hey, slow down or like, don't right. do all these things. It's OK, like, you know, scale back. But I didn't know what I was doing and I was just doing everything I could. And right after that show, I remember being just I was down. I felt for probably about two weeks. I felt really, really bummed. And then um I remember what got me out of it. I watched this documentary about Keith Haring, and for some reason, I, I watched it like three times in a row. And I like, like I back was, to back to back. Yeah, and I was like, this. I don't know what it was, but it totally got me out of it, and um, I felt a lot better after that. That's fascinating. Yeah, because you're, you're talking about like organization of creativity, right? Yeah, and that's a really challenging thing. Because I don't think there's. My mom's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. She went to law school. Yep. She tempted. She was a clerk. She got a job. There's really no clear line to do something in Hollywood, I don't think. Like, there's no clear if you do this and do this and you can get this, which makes, I think, organizing your life in the early phases really, really difficult and, it, and daunting. It's, it is so tricky. I look back on my 20s and the whole time I look and, I'm, and I didn't know what I was doing and I was just doing everything I could and... I wasn't being smart about it. I wasn't, you know, I think 
Um, I but also don't, don't you think that's kind of unfair to yourself, though? I mean, like, well, not smart about it. Like, didn't you do the best you could at that time? Definitely, no doubt. I think, um, yeah. I mean, I didn't really have like a mentor in a way that you know they were like, hey, why don't you try this or that? Like, I was just on my own, just going. You know, right. I mean, I definitely had people I looked up to, and you know, here or there would get get some advice and things but there was it was like it was uh just a time where i you know and on top of that in my 20s i was trying to pay rent by having jobs and so it's like there is a crazy like it's you're just spent in every way you know um it's good to have a plan but i yeah i didn't i think once i started performing once i started doing playing with Makuchi and uh and then got into the alternative comedy scene and then once right. i met ricky and i started playing and uh it started to gel a few years into that i think did you feel like you had like your people here eventually cuz you moved out after college right uh, i actually moved out here to finish college to i finished college i right. transferred to loyola marymount but university you were going to school in pennsylvania yeah i was an art school in pennsylvania right. but that's a big move to go from pennsylvania to California. It was the weirdest. Like I was very shy. I went home every weekend when I was in Pennsylvania. I I didn't go to parties. I didn't date. I really was a very young, yeah. young twenty year old. Like I, you know, I remember like you know waiting for snow days so I could go sledding. I mean, I still love sledding, but like <laughs> see, so, but see, this is what I mean. My original thing of you having like a childlike wonder yeah. that I hope. I can maybe regain one day uh, or like like or just have because I know you do like to go sledding. Yeah. Like, of course you like I like I, I love like a sledding day. Too. Who doesn't like sledding? Yeah. Why can't adults just like sledding? It's a great it's real easy, you know, you just Yeah. Sit down and go. A little bit cold. Yeah. I've definitely like gotten the wind knocked out of me sledding. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fine though. What are you yeah. gonna do? Like you just get back up, get back in the hill and then you go yeah. back down. It's a little it's good to get a little scared every once in a while. You felt like you needed to leave. Well, I all of a sudden I've had a couple times in my life where actually this was like the biggest time though where I just all of a sudden was ready to leave the nest. It what, took a what, long time. What, ha- what happened then? Well, I thought I wanted to go to school near my family since that just seemed to be the thing I wanted to do was to go <laughs> home right. every weekend. And you were going to make toys, right? Yeah, I was going to be a toy designer, and I was. See that also childlike yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I know. that's incredible I was I, I, my very first time going to a therapist in LA I went to this woman who told me I had Peter Pan syndrome um, <laughs> and I, I was like what is that I went home and looked it up on Wikipedia but uh, she didn't explain it to you then well she did her, her, explana- her explanation was really kind of just like yeah you have Peter Pan syndrome and then she said this is I'm not making this up we actually put this in the Garfunkel Notes TV show she said yeah, most people who have it die young and I was like, what are what? you talking – I mean like I wasn't okay. taking this woman in. Like I was not taking her seriously but it was yeah. – I also – that's the great thing about creating stuff is when you get – that's gold. Like you're like, oh my god. This is the funniest thing that's right now. That's crazy. I can, I'll, I'm in defensive therapy. I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of it. That's oh, it can be great not, for sure. That's like so. You, have you gone? Have you seen? Other yeah, people since and I've then? had and I've had great experiences. So when you had the great experience, you're like, wow, what was that person doing? Was that? Yeah, you maybe know, she had a bad day. It could have been a bad day. Yeah, she's just a different different way of going about it. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I I actually went back one other time because I was like, oh, maybe I should give her a second yeah, chance. Second chance. So I went fair. two times to this lady, okay. and then I was like, no, nah, I'll find someone. Else. Did she make up another syndrome? No, no. Time. And then there is a thing. Peter Pan syndrome is – at least it's on Wikipedia. But okay. I don't as think it really – As real. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean I, I think uh, – <laughs> I yeah, so I guess like you're saying, I've always had – you know, I've 
I can find joy in like things that maybe would seem more childlike. But I, I, it's not like I'm trying to do that. It's right, just right, sort right. of what I like. Like I was just at the beach uh, a couple weeks ago and I built a, a sand uh, – I made a sand dinosaur and then a bunch of kids came up to me and I used to teach sandcastle building. And so I was like, oh, this is like the old days. And so um, I taught the kids how to make – you know how to pack the sand right and we just had like a little lesson and uh and then we left my mom and dad and i went antiquing and we went back to the beach a couple hours later and i was like you know what i'm gonna go i took my shovel because i was like i think my my dinosaur has probably been stomped on by now i'm gonna go fix him up and it was the opposite i got out there and there were so many kids and their moms and their dads and they were there was an, a menagerie of other little dinosaurs and mermaids and starfish, and I almost started crying because they it was followed your lead. It was the coolest thing, yeah. And and this is not a joke. Kids were out there until 10 p.m. that night making making all these different creatures around the dinosaur. Yeah, and, that means you were out there till 10 p.m. Um, well, off and on, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were having fun, but uh, I don't know. I love I love that kind of stuff. I I I don't know what that is. I like I'm I realize. This might sound crazy, but it's just what I like to do. Is like I don't, I don't know. I it, find that's my fun. I'm not. I don't think it's crazy. I'm more in awe of it. Thanks. I mean, I know I'm 36. You know, I I don't. But I I guess you can like making sandcastles at any age. Yeah, I think I think that's true. I studied box, rock, and Isaac Asimov, but I wasn't on the sea bus jerking people off. Wouldn't let you touch my chest like your vapor rubbing vixen, let alone deep throat your tricky dick Nixon. I want to learn how to make your water gates flow. I'm resigned like Spiro Agnew that I might never know. How to HJ your LB Johnson, know less about dicks than Samantha Ronson. I should have explored new frontiers like Will Wheaton, but I was more conservative than Alex P. Keaton. I've fallen into crisis just like the Dow. I want to give a handjob, but I don't know how. Handjob, job, I don't understand job. Do I spit, do I squeeze, do I ever touch the top? How can I learn when you always make me stop? Okay, so you, I... You were going to make toys. Uh, I was going to make toys. I got into making puppets, and I was really kind of more interested in performing with the puppets I was making and thinking, oh, maybe I want to do voiceovers, because I was still very shy. But I was like, well, voiceover is a way to act. But not you were shy camera. throughout childhood. Mm, pretty much, yeah. I mean, I wasn't the most outgoing kid. I, mm. um, yeah, like my my parents would be like, "Don't you want to go to the mall with your friends? Don't you want to go see a movie with your friends? Don't you want to have a friend over? You know?" But uh, I, I didn't really do that too much. Um, but I, yeah. So I, I looked at probably twenty five colleges in the northeast, you know, or like you know. Right. Maryland and Pennsylvania, New Jersey and New York and all around. And um, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And college is so expensive. And at that point, to make a decision, I had taken all the core co- courses. So it was going to cost me a lot if I if I picked wrong, you know. And I was really terrified to to make a decision and, you know, not love it. So my dad – my aunt and uncle were living in Hawaii. And my dad said, why don't you just go live with them for a little while? So I went right. to Hawaii for three months and I lived on their porch – and it was there that I thought, oh, gosh, I really love being, you know, on the like near the ocean and I love palm trees. And there was just something that really clicked. And um, and I've, I, this is a crazy story and I've, I've told it before, but I was a big fan of Freaks and Geeks. And I was reading an article because at the time I was looking at any college I'd ever heard of. I'd see a bumper sticker and say, oh, maybe I'll look up that college. And um both Linda Cardellini and Busy Phillips had gone to Loyola Marymount University. Mm. And my mom had saved an article in like the Parade magazine, like that Sunday Parade oh, magazine. Yeah. And it was like Freaks and Geeks and where they went to school. 
And that college was mentioned. And so I looked it up and I was like, oh, this has everything I, I'm looking right. for. I wanted to go to a Catholic school for some reason. They had art and they had theater. And um, But I was like, oh, it's in California. I'll never go. Like, I'll, I'll never go that far. I won't leave my mom and dad that far, you know. What was it about the Catholic element that you wanted? I Because you weren't really religious. No, you weren't not really super religious. religious, like Catholic white, you know, like yeah, – yeah, yeah. um, I think I've always just been sort of fascinated by it. This was before the scandal, too. The the, the big church scandal happened yeah. while I was at Loyola. Um, but I, I've just always been fascinated by, like, nuns. And I don't know. There was just something about <laughs> the structure that I really liked. And, um, I yeah, I, I don't know. There was just – I wanted to figure that out for some reason. When you were at Loyola, did you immediately take a liking to – the people, the classes, all of that. Every I I was the happiest. I it was just totally the like right exactly place for me. Exactly what people talk about when they talk about college as the best years in their life. Yeah, I like I I hadn't fallen in love yet in my life. I was twenty one, but I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to fall in love because uh-huh. I was just so sure of it. You know, I I just loved I loved that school so much. I still love it. I I um I I'm on a council there that. Um, helps with the art students, and uh, yeah, I'm still a part of that school. I really, I'm really thankful for for that school. What was the step between um, going at, like after college and then going into the work you're doing? You started doing ad- ads, right? Uh, yeah, I got into commercials about a year into uh, a year after graduation, and that year is tough. I wish that there were classes in college that taught you how to Properly deal with your for... couple years after school because yeah. it's that's the roughest. I don't know if you've had that experience. Well, I, I, so I did two years and then I, I, I hesitant to say this because I've like talked about it before. Uh-huh. On here. But yeah, I did two years and then, um, I got offered to do something like a job basically. And, um, and then I stopped and that's, I'm, and I'm still potentially going back. You really want to work this out with me. Uh, let's uh, figure it out. Let's do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean like I'm 21, so I don't know. I'm figuring that I out. I feel like though, I, I mean, it de- you, you what want, was your major in? Do you want to sell it? Do you want to sell college to me? No, I was going to just maybe not sell college. Oh, really? To you. Oh, yeah. Great. I love that. What, I love that. What do you? What is your? What are you going? I for? was going to do journalism, okay. and then, and then um, English, and then uh, I stopped. I mean, the truth is, you're doing like we're talking. We're doing it right now, aren't we? I think so. You're yeah. in the world of it. Yeah. Well, you're asking me questions, but yes. yeah, but right. So maybe I need to go back. To- <laughs> but you started with the questions. Uh, I don't know. I feel like college is such. It's such a. It's a really kind of individual. Like, I mean, I needed college not because I needed to. I mean, it was great to have the classes I had, but I needed to learn how to do my own laundry. I needed to learn how to like go on a date. I needed to learn how to grocery shop for myself. <laughs> I didn't date a lot in college at all. Actually, no. really didn't truly start dating until I was like twenty four. Mm-hmm. So I waited so a while. So they didn't actually really teach you how to date then. No, I mean, I at least got me like sort of in thinking about it. You were considering it then. Yeah. And I it wasn't, I, I didn't think that there was anything. I wasn't like, why am I not dating? Like, I was just like really into school and making yeah. stuff. And I wasn't, just wasn't focused on it. And you're making but, me feel better. But getting about... back to college, like, no, I, no, no. you know, okay. it's so expensive. It's oh, like yeah, stupidly expensive. So, unless you really, 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 you're doing it already, you're going to be great. Because the thing is, nobody's ever asked me for di- my diploma ever in my whole life. I don't even know where it is. That's true. I mean, you know? I, I, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I'm, I think it's maybe in a storage unit somewhere. Who do knows? You, do you want to go find it? Do you want my diploma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you want this trade? We'll trade position. I'll take your diploma. Mm-hmm. 
I'll do the press tour for you. I'll, I'll be fine. We can switch off. <laughs> okay, so uh, ad work. Yeah, commercials. You were doing like, I like Skittles, and you're going to Geico. I, I'm, yeah. I'm making that up. No, I, but I definitely auditioned for a Skittles commercial and a Geico commercial. I'm sure of it. You didn't get it? I don't. Did I do a Skittles commercial? Yeah, I don't, if you're asking, then. I don't know. I'm, I don't think I did. I don't know. I did a bunch of commercials. Um, getting back to loving contests it was to me a contest like because who knows why you get cast like it's there's so many people it's like a numbers game in many ways um and so for me it was like just like entering your name in a raffle every day wasn't it it crazy to walk into that room and aren't there a bunch of people oh yeah and it can take forever you just like kind of sit at the casting for sometimes an hour two hours and you're you know you get to know everyone (laughs) yeah is everyone like talking like hey yeah did you try for this one did you do that totally or you just see this in fact ricky my my comedy partner she and i knew each other from commercial auditions right yeah well you guys met at camp like yeah, to go way back. But you didn't meet. You didn't know you met. It took us a while. We were friends for a year or two before Ricky mentioned she went to music camp. And I was like, oh, I went to music camp. Where did you go to music camp? And then she said, music- Mansfield University. And I was like, that's where I went to music that's camp. A, the tiniest incredible. little yeah. music camp. We were there at the same time. It's so nuts. Isn't it interesting that you remember those like very pivotal moments? Because it seems like you've had a, a few of those where you had like a dream that's almost like a premonition that you you need to go to college. I don't know. I think that's I think it's good to have those moments. It's a good foundation to have. There, I think you need that. Yeah, I think they're just like little guideposts. You know, like right. like where it says like it's like if you're on this little like scavenger hunt and you're like oh wait I'm on my I'm on my way or okay I'm in the, I'm in the right direction. Mm. It's just telling you that you're you're kind of you're going in the the right. Do you feel direction. like you've generally been going in the right direction? Yeah, I do. I mean, any left turns? I there I. One of the biggest left turns, which I guess was the right direction. I mean, it was it feels right, but it was Garfunkel and Oates. I didn't. We didn't plan to make a comedy right. band. We it was Ricky. It was during the writer strike in two thousand seven, uh, and then so early, early two thousand eight. Ricky had Ricky wrote a script called Imaginary Larry, and I was going to play her imaginary friend in this short. And Ricky was directing, and she said, "I think I want to make it a musical." So February in two thousand and eight. We wrote two songs and we put them on YouTube so Ricky's parents could see them. What were the songs? One was called "Can I Swear." Mm-hmm. One was called "Fuck You," and the other one was called "Only You." And I just heard "Fuck You" on the on the ride over here. Oh, really? Yeah, I've listened to all. Oh, of them. thanks. I've listened to like twenty in a row. Oh my gosh, that's really sweet of you. Thanks well, so I was, much. I mean, I was driving. I might as well listen to it. It's, it's good driving music. My, it was funny. Well, we some have, of it was funny. We have some a, of it was like some of it's sad serious. too. We have some serious songs. Yeah, I like those though. Thanks. I like the heartfelt ones too. Uh, but um. Thank you for listening. We have one song called The Loophole. One of my and, favorites. Um, That's your most popular one. It is. And the chorus, can I say it? Yes, go ahead. The chorus is, I don't know. I actually don't even want to say it. On the say, thing. go It's ahead. fuck me in the ass because I love Jesus. And um, my cousin was walking down Fairfax one day. I wish people could see like, the face <laughs> you made of shame. <laughs> you know why? Because you can sing it. And when you put it in with a bunch of notes and you're playing instruments mm-hmm. and you sing it, there's singing something that, you know, shocking right. is is uh, easier. Never learned about the birds and bees. I was taught to keep an aspirin in between my knees. Cause the Bible says premarital sex is wrong. But Jason says that guys can't wait that long. I don't want to lose him to someone who'll do him. I need to figure something out. Well, there's a loophole in the scripture that works really well. So I can get him off without going to hell. It's my Hail Mary full of grace. In Jesus' name we go to fix it.
you for giving me holes to choose from. And since I'm not a godless whore, they'll have to come in the back door. Therefore, fuck me in the ass, cause I love Jesus. The good Lord would want it that way. Give me that sweet sensation of a throbbing rationalization. It's just between you and me. Cause everyone knows it's the sex that God can't see. Can I ask you something? Mm-hmm. How did um, your Catholic college like that song? Nobody said anything about it. Uh-huh. I don't know. I'm You're still on the advisory board. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, did, did you ever tell them that you have a career in music? Um, they know. I think. I think. You, you know. Should, you should send them uh, a YouTube link. Uh, that's, uh, no, I don't want them to see see what that they one. say. Let's see what they say. You know, I I, I really enjoy being on that board. <laughs> uh, I would hope they want to keep me there, but who knows? You know, no one, I mean, if they I have no one from that board hears this uh, this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but what I was going to say is, my cousin was walking down Fairfax and. Yeah. Some car like had their windows rolled down and they were blasting the loophole. Oh my god! And I thought that is such a funny song to blast. Like you it's know, crazy. Yeah, like I, uh, you know, right out of the box, the "Fuck You" is a good song. Thank you. That was we were really proud of it and we were so excited. And so Ricky put it on YouTube and then she went off and did a movie in Africa, um, Last House on the Left. And I went off to New York to do a movie. What was that? Um, when in Rome, a Disney oh, yeah. movie with Kristen Bell. Yeah, what movie. And uh, and then so we were apart for like. Four months, five months, and then... That was your first movie, right? Yeah. Oh, do you remember anything about that set and being there for the first time? Like, in New York City. It was the best time. I, I just remember... That's I, a big, it was like a big studio movie. It was. It so was, they treated you well. They treated... And it was before, like, you know... I think... I don't... I mean, I'm sure big movies are like that today. I haven't done a big movie since. <laughs> but... <laughs> so it went well, is what you said. It was great. But I also had, like, the part of the friend. And so I had so much time off, but they were keeping me in New York. So I wrote so much music while I was there. And I saw so many plays. I would... I still had my student ID. Mm-hmm. And so I would get the $15 tickets, you know? And... um And because and, and you looked... That the yeah, age appropriate? Like, did you yeah, look I was 15? 28, but I was, well, I still looked like I was in college, I guess. I was, my student ID still worked. And I just like walked around New York and I, you know, would go to art museum. I like just inhaled New York as much as I could. And I, I wrote a lot and um, it was a great time. It was, and also just to be shooting a movie with like, there's so many cool people in that movie. Angelica Houston and Danny DeVito. And, you know, and I learned a lot from watching Kristen Bell. She's, amazing so like you know like i it was a cool step for me yeah. it was a really big deal was that the was that the most like legitimizing moment for you um i mean it felt like it at the time right. you know i think uh it felt like a real thing you know and uh did you think oh this like this could last like you could do this yeah i did but i also you know like I said, that's the only big movie I've ever done. Yeah, but you've, you've, <laughs> all the you've other done, movies I've done, done have been like these really, really cool indies, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, I and but I yeah. So I mean, at the time, I was just like I felt like I was at Disneyland. I mean, it was a Disney movie, but it felt like I was living in Disneyland or something. It was like that exciting and magical, and there was you know catering. <laughs> You're thinking about the catering now, like. A decade removed. Yeah. It was good catering. Yeah. <laughs> it was good, good catering. Uh, so you go back to L.A. You and Ricky are both back from this three-month shoot. And all of a sudden you see that these videos are gaining traction. Yeah. Online. And, like, you were not psyched about it at first, right? Because, like, they weren't professionally made. They were just kind of haphazardly thrown out there yeah. for her mom, right? And and um, simultaneously, while I was in New York, I got cast on Scrubs. 
And oh, right. Bill Lawrence had seen I the videos as well. And he said, I really like the song, Fuck You. He's like, I think we could use it in the show. Would it be cool if we use it on the show? And so I remember like calling Ricky saying, hey, can we, <laughs> can we use the song, Fuck You, in Scrubs? And so that brought a lot of people to Garfunkel and Oates um, once that aired, which was like, this beautiful gift. It was great. And then on top of that, just people finding it on YouTube. And YouTube was still new. And they would do this thing where they would just feature videos on the front page. And we got featured a lot. So it was like really nice that like these people were kind of informing us that we needed to do more with this this duo. Well, which wasn't like, even a duo at that point. It was just us singing songs. It seemed like you were creating this new like genre of... I don't even know. Is it music? It's, it's music, but it's also like spoken word almost and like it's 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 a, it's a infusion of a whole bunch of different things it's definitely super wordy and that comes from ricky she's the word girl for sure yeah, um because you're more melody right yeah she's lyric based i'm melody like i when she hears a song she hears lyrics i hear melody i don't know lyrics to christmas songs i'm like I, lyrics you, just don't, you don't register jingle bells i mean that i do okay but i like you get do a little like that now just to test sure <clears throat> no i'm kidding uh <laughs> so yeah i think we kind of work really well together because, you know, we just originally we would just kind of write together in the same room. But as time has gone by, we'll just brainstorm on a subject for sometimes months mm. and then we'll have a document with all of these things we've talked about. And Ricky will go off and do a pass of lyrics and then I'll do a pass of melody and then we'll come back together and join forces again. Right. Do you, is there ever – I mean in any sort of creative, creative partnership, you guys were friends first. Yeah. So it's it's always dicey to like – do something with your friends. It's I I feel so fortunate that Ricky is one of my very best friends and yet we're able to work really well right. together and There's not a moment where you guys just want to like kill each other? Well, I no, I mean there's <laughs> there's definitely times where, you know, especially when we were I thought for sure like when we made our TV show, I was like, well this this will be tricky to navigate. It if anything it brought us closer together. I I didn't expect that like it was we really i don't know we work really well together and we give each other the space you know obviously there are times where we're touring and we're in this like we're in each other's space constantly and like that can be rough but uh but thankfully we just have made it work and she's super cool and i don't know we just um i i i feel like it's just somehow worked out really well and i I don't know i'll knock on this table i'm not sure what that is exactly but i have a theory okay i'd love to hear it I think you're just easy to get along with. Oh, thanks. That's just my, that's my guess. I don't know, Ricky, but I but I you seem like you're not ter- I, like I don't see like we talked we started like one of the first things you said is that you used to throw temper tantrums. Oh yeah. And I like I can't see that. I can't, it's hard for me to even see you angry. I it's funny. I had like <laughs> this is if you want me to paint the picture of a recent temper tantrum i hadn't had one in forever oh i, I love this already Go ahead. so i was recording on garage band a song that ricky and i were working on that needed to be sent off that night it was a deadline for a, an assignment we had and so last minute kind of last yeah last not the, the assignment was not last minute but no i'm saying you doing it was like last minute yeah we wanted to get into a studio like we basically decided okay we're going to do this pass on garage band we'll send it over when it gets more finalized we'll do a more professional recording in a studio so i'm in my music i have like a like a loft so i have like my music space upstairs and i've got everything set up and garage band and i just didn't think to save along the way and after three hours of work, my computer crashed and I lost everything. Oh. And I, for like, I don't know, a split second, my temper came back and I got so mad and I 
through my phone, which bounced off my ukulele and this just uh, yeah, this phone bounced off my ukulele and just managed to get like this, like just halfway on the edge of the loft, which would have like fallen twenty feet. And I had that moment of like, oh my god, okay, calm down, it's gonna be okay. I was mad. I was definitely mad, but that moment of throwing something was yeah, because what you good. did was not there. It was like it didn't happen. Yeah. But you know, I've had I've had times where, I mean, it sucks. It happens to everybody. You know, save, save, press save. That's all I can say. <laughs> Even now, you seem upset about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It all worked out. It's all fine. Did you re-record that night? No, I was just done. But we 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 made it work. We always find a way to make it work. Is that the general rule? Kind of, sometimes you don't have a choice. You know, you're like, oh, well, this is due. So yeah. I just wrote an email. I'm so sorry. Had some tech problems. We're going to get this to you tomorrow. And we did. It was fine. Okay. And my phone didn't crack. Yeah, that's see, it almost happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's good that it didn't. When you were in the thick of it with um, Garfunkel and Oates, you have like, it, it got to a point where you had your own show. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, do you think oh, this is the this is what I think I'm best at right now, at least? And like, did it seem because you know how you 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 do a lot of painting and you do which we haven't even talked about, and I'm happy to. I love <laughs> um, you do all kinds of stuff, but this show it seemed like it seems like it was all consuming, right? Um, it was all consuming for like two years. I didn't right. do any other jobs really. Um, I do voiceover, which, is, but even during the the thick of it with the show, I couldn't really do anything else. How did that make you feel? Um, a lot of different things. I didn't feel like, oh, this is the best. Like what you were just said, it was not a feeling of this is me being doing the best thing I can do. And it was, it was a lot of hard work. It was um, was not an easy process, and wasn't really fun it was it was there were moments of great fun within it but it's so much work so so much work and um you know the cool thing is like you get to cast your friends and that's feels so awesome when your friends come and visit you on set and you get to do scenes with people who you love and there was there is so much good about making the show but but the um, what was problematic for you well i think you know just like having different visions with with other like the people who were in charge of the show as well, you know, and like knowing the thing you want to make and then knowing the thing that they want you to make is it's, you know, I've talked to other people who have had similar issues with make, you know, unless right. you're given freedom, which is like really, yeah, that was a great thing about making our special. We just did a special with Vimeo and they didn't give us any notes. They said, hey, go, go make the thing you yeah, want to yeah, make. Yeah. And that was such a great feeling. Uh, and I'm really proud of that special. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I think, you know, it was just, it was, it wasn't, you know, you. I guess you think, oh, you're given your own show. You have made it, but it never felt that way. Do you it feel was, like you made compromises rough. that you didn't want to make? Yeah, but I also think that most shows that probably sure, happens. Sure. I don't think. I don't really think it's. You know, I. I, I guess Louis probably makes the show he wants yeah. to make. You know, yeah, well, um, he, he and he does a great job at it. it yeah, like this time around. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I for we didn't have that luxury, but. I'm still really proud of the show we made, and uh, and yeah, it's really now I can watch it and go, oh wow, like you know, it, it, enough time has passed where I can really appreciate it. And um, <laughs> you make it sound like it's like an ex boyfriend. Yeah, maybe it feels a little like I don't know. Yeah, and 
Yeah, it, <laughs> that's a funny way to put it. Uh, well, it's the way you're talking about it. It's like, oh, it was hard in the moment. There were some okay times. Years removed, I can look at it with some fondness. Yeah, I also have trouble watching myself in anything I do. So it's is hard. That true? Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. I just like it's hard to watch or hear. Like I, you know, like any kind of thing I do. I don't. It's I. It's I guess some people have that where they just don't want to watch themselves on screen. Mm-hmm. I don't really. Pregnant women are smug. Everyone knows it. Nobody says it because they're pregnant. Son of a gun You think you're so deep now You give me the creeps now That you're pregnant I can't count all the ways how You speak in cliches now So, do you want a boy or a girl? Oh, it doesn't matter as long as it's healthy Really? Because I don't feel like those two things are related at all It's not like one or the other No, 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 as long as it's healthy Hmm. I can't wait to hear someone say Don't care if it's brain dead, don't care if it's limbless, if it has a penis. Cause pregnant women are smug. Everyone knows it, nobody says it, because they're pregnant. Do you not like pregnant women? Oh, no, that song... (laughs) That song came from, uh, from... I just wanted to see your reaction to me asking that. Yeah, no, I mean, I... I heard that song, I played it on the way over, and then I played it again, because I just wanted to hear it again. I think it's targeted at a very specific pregnant woman no. you know like you know there are definitely women like that who are just super smug and think that they know everything about being pregnant yeah. and that's just funny it felt it felt like you guys were really hitting on something specific yeah i think that's what kind of makes the song work and because everybody's kind of met that person mm-hmm. but when we you know when we sing it in at shows we'll say who here is pregnant and then they're usually <laughs> excited to raise their hand and we sing it to this person and it's all good i don't think i i only remember one time watching one pregnant woman walk out in all the years we've been singing that song so i mean i think people know it's a joke you yeah. know <laughs> are there songs of yours they're all jo- not all jokes some of them are serious yeah but like are, is there a song out there that then thinking about it now a few years removed you're like i don't know if i like the mat, or like even just um, like thematically or conceptually, I don't agree with what we're saying here. Um, or like I no longer hold that point of view because I mean you've you've obviously grown and changed since then. Well, like twenty nine thirty one is a song about it's it's basically the same woman two years apart singing about love, and we wrote it when we were closer to thirty one, saying you know there's nobody left. Like yeah, uh, but I we've had women come up to us and like oh my god i'm 31 and then it's like well it's you know it's still a joke i mean i'm 36 and if 31 if everything's over at 31 then that's a real we're just joking you know but um but no i mean i think uh there is truth in it here and there though and i think that's what really (laughs) hits home i mean yeah i definitely look at dating differently in my 30s but then again i started so late so i don't know what age i am dating wise (laughs) (laughs) that's a good answer yeah that's a good answer um so when the show ended, you're like you've it's been two years now. Yeah. Since then, um, like, did you think? Well, what was like the next step for you when, um, when, when the show was done? You know, I didn't. You just did. You need a break. I like, did. I needed a I break. I took a break. Uh, maybe not an intentional break. Ricky went right into production or writing for another period, and I just kind of like took a second i think i felt very like uh disoriented in that moment of just like oh what what's the next thing for me i wasn't really sure did you feel discouraged um i didn't i didn't feel discouraged i think i just felt a little bit 
like beat down in a way. You know what I mean? Like it was just uh, it was just like, OK, we got through that. So now what? Um, but then I the cool thing that I I had that always kind of keeps me going that I love so much is voiceover. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had that to kind of like look forward to. And, you know, I was like auditioning and um, I was drawing and making songs and, you know, I but I wasn't sure what the next big thing was going to be. And then, um, and then I got cast in a movie, and that was—I don't know when was that May of that. Uh, it was like maybe I don't know. I don't know how many months went by. And then after that, I kind of haven't knock. I'm going to knock on wood. Um, it has been a go- going okay. Mm. <laughs> so. Can you imagine a spot where you're not in a bunch of movies? Like your schedules becomes less busy. Um, can I imagine it? Yeah, or like rather, would I like it? You mean, or whatever you want? Yes. Well, I mean, I think I. Uh, I'm sure you can imagine it. Yeah, but is there a party that actually wants that right now? Not right now. I okay. mean, I would really like to keep doing, working, and so you know, like whatever that next thing is. And I also want to keep making things, and so yeah. I mean, I don't think uh, I don't think that I, I always think, and this is maybe just super delusional of me that like. When I do have kids, that'll be a bit of a break. I know that it's like the hardest job. People say it's the hardest job, but I'll kind of have, I'll be in one spot for a second, you know? Yeah, yeah. So until then, no, I just want to keep working and making things and getting to be in cool projects, you know? Hmm. How many kids do you want? Oh, I haven't thought that far ahead. One, two, probably not more than two. No, you don't want more than two. No. But you don't want one. Really? So two. Like, We're actually, really figuring well, out life right here. I yeah, well yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's what the butt's point of the show, right? I guess. You're gonna hold off on college. I'll have two kids. That's this is the same thing. This is the same. The stakes are just as high. I yeah. Guess. <laughs> yeah. When you left Pennsylvania and decided to not be a toy maker, I said that with a smile. Mm-hmm. I just love the idea of you as a toy maker. There's a scenario where you do that show, and then that's like. You don't do a whole bunch after that. Like, because you've, oh, you've sure. seen so many careers where, like, they have this great show and they're doing this thing and they're so recognized for doing that thing. And then you don't see them. And, like, that's that's terrifying. But you've, like, totally dodged that. Thanks for saying that. I feel like I, I still feel like I'm. Okay. You know, could be what's the next thing? I don't, I don't know what the next big thing. Well, I mean, I guess I, what, what I mean is um, that you're not. You're working out of the shadow of that, mm-hmm. right? Is that is that a fair like you, that, that show is always going to be there? But you've ar- like you've already done a bunch of good things since since then, then. yeah, since sure. Then. And it's I I think it's not even about you. It's like more public perception. Oh, maybe yeah. Am I making sense? I don't know. Well, I think it's funny because I I think I've done so many cool parts in different things, and I never know what people are going to know me for so it's not like it's not just garfunkel notes um a lot of it's actually the big bang theory i did i think seven episodes of the big bang theory That's right, yeah and um you know when i like I, we just played vegas and so when i go to vegas and it's a lot of a lot of people there it's, that's what people know me for is the big bang theory and it was seven episodes in season six and so it wasn't like you know it's like not yeah. a consistent thing in my life but it was a very big thing in my life and it was so much fun so like yeah i think I never know, you know, I was on Raising Hope and I've done I've done like all these 
cool guest spots and, and arcs and characters. So I never really know what it is that people. I think you're always memorable me. in those guest spots too. Because like Thank the you. How I Met Your Mother one. Oh my gosh, you remember that one? Yeah, of course. I just I said, did. oh my gosh, like I was yeah, from somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You, <laughs> no, that that one where you're like. You're gonna like marry Marshall and Lily, right? Yeah, and then is what I would say if <laughs> there's like a, some weird line. I was in a cab in New York the other day, and this guy was like, my cab driver was getting angry at himself because he didn't know how he knew me. He's like, no, no, I'm picturing you. I know, and he was like, dis- and he started to describe the scene, and I'm like racking my brain, going, I don't know what this guy's thinking. He saw me in something, and then he said, you're at a desk and you're on the phone, and then it's clicked it was um rules of engagement i did one episode in like 2008 oh and maybe 2009 and uh and i said oh yeah and i did i said what bridge joe which was like my line and the like he just felt so relieved he was like that's it you know he just so badly didn't want there to be like awkward tension but there's also that's it's always so embarrassing people will come up to me oh what do i know you from tell me what it is and then (laughs) yeah i could list so many things i've gotten all the way down to sausage commercial that's it you know (laughs) (laughs) you never know so yeah i mean i guess i I, you're saying like working out of the shadows of one thing i it's been a lot of things you know but there have been like it hasn't been one big thing for me it's been a lot of really cool things but Mm. there you know it wasn't like the one thing i was known for so it's like the ideal scenario in the future where people come up to you on the street and they're like oh that's kate mccucci from this like no one's asking what what did i know you from honestly like getting getting noticed on the street or you know that's it's not like the intent i'm not going out there going oh people are gonna you know yeah. i i'm not that's not the goal I, you know i it, it's sometimes my mom gets excited when it happens <laughs> but, uh, but it's not what i'm when you guys making roll up. out as a family oh she loves Does it she love that? it's the cutest it's she'll just say the proud parent thing. oh it's and and the thing is i feel you know i feel such guilt for being you know maybe that's a catholic thing but three thousand miles away from my parents so it's nice that when I'm with them and they they see some joy in, in my reasons for being so far away, you know, it kind of helps in some way. But yeah, my mom will say, oh, she'll do a picture with you. She'll do a picture. <laughs> she, um, she sometimes people, you. Are, yeah, people will be like, I'm sorry, what? Like who? <laughs> we don't, we, we don't know <laughs> they have her, no sorry. idea You're who I am. <laughs> but she'll do a picture. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's really sweet. And so sometimes I'm like, mom, okay. But uh, it's very cute. But I don't wake up going, oh, who's going to recognize me? You know, I... I I think as long as my uh, motivation is is like in the right place, it's not it's not about getting recognized. It's just about like putting cool stuff out there in the world and hoping people like it. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh, thank you for coming on. Kate. Thanks for having me, and I wish you all the best in in not going to school and just doing <laughs> you know the things you want to make. Just make the things you want to make. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll keep each other up. You're doing great. Yeah, I'll, cool. I'll have my two kids come and visit. <laughs> Well, there it is. A special thanks to Liza Needleman and Katie Jo Ash for helping arrange this talk. Don't Think Twice will continue to expand across America, depending on how well it does in the cities it's currently playing. So if you're in New York City, Los Angeles, or Chicago, be sure to head out to the theater for this one. You don't want to miss it. You can also listen to all of Garfunkel and Oates' discography on Spotify. On Netflix, their excellent self-titled show is available to stream. Lastly, a big thanks to Kate for coming on the show. And thank you for all the advice. People. If you've enjoyed this or any other episode of the podcast, it would mean a lot if you could give us a review on iTunes. I know it's not the world's most exciting activity, but it truly helps us reach new listeners. 
and new listeners are good. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcasting app. If you want to drop us a line about anything, feel free to email the show at talkeasypod at gmail.com. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TalkEasyPod. As always, our theme music is provided by Vanilla. Our executive producer is David Chen. Graphics by Ian Jones. Illustrations by Krishna. Social media by Maria Mayella. The show is produced and edited by Coria Tad. I'm your host, Sam Fragoso. Thank you for listening to Talk Easy. I'll see you next week. Okay, this is crazy. This has never happened before. I need to go to the bathroom. Go for had, it. So, Corey, I'm sorry. Kate, you can Hi, just, Corey. You can just, like, talk to Corey right now. But I'll be back in... Should I tell minutes. Corey my my darkest secrets? That's, that's recorded, so go ahead. So, Corey, I have a train set at my house. Um, I don't know if that's a secret. But um, what else can I tell you? Uh... The Medal of Honor podcast is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. It's a special thing to be a member of Navy Federal because they're a member-owned, not-for-profit credit union that invests in their members with amazing rates and low fees. That's why members earn and save more every year. If you are active duty, a veteran, or have a family member who is a veteran or service member, you're eligible for membership. Become a Navy Federal member today. Navy Federal Credit Union. Members are the mission insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com.